Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax-advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donors Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor-advised fund. Go to DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor advised fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love. That's DonorsTrust.org slash Just News. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today we're going to take you south to the border, the southern U.S. border, where the evidence of the election impact is, is very clear. Joe Biden's new immigration policies are changing things at the border, on both sides of the border. Uh, to the south, there are migrants looking to come in larger numbers into the United States. Uh, on our side, there are questions about whether the wall will exist, uh, will it will be disassembled, will it will be stopped, uh, and what the enforcement policies, both in the interior of the United States and at the border, are going to be. And we have a very special guest, somebody who knows this issue very well. His name is Mark Morgan, and he has served in the immigration and border space for both President Obama as a leader and uh, with President Trump. Very important voice on uh, border security, uh, was a driving force for many of the changes that President Trump achieved, particularly in the second half of his term. Uh, And we're going to bring him on in just a few seconds to talk about what he is seeing, what are the impacts of Joe Biden's policies? What was the progress made under President Trump? How much of that progress will remain? How much will be reversed? And what the immigration uh, policy status in America will be over the next few months as Joe Biden's um, uh, policies begin to take effect? And particularly, uh, what message are we sending to illegal immigrants? What message are we sending to legal immigrants? What will happen to the wall? What will happen to our security posture? And what will the drug cartels and the human trafficking cartels do in a Biden administration that is different than what they tried in the Trump administration? Really important conversation. Uh, We're not going to waste any time. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. And then as soon as we come back, our exclusive interview with Mark Morgan, the former Uh, chief of the Custom and Border Patrol Agency, a true expert on immigration and border security. You're going to love what he has to say. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So 
you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, someone who's truly an expert on the border, on law enforcement and law and order. He served President Obama, President Trump in uh, multiple capacities, uh, ICE, CPB uh, commissioner. And uh, in this moment where we're evaluating Joe Biden's immigration policies, I can't think of a wiser, better person to bring on the show. Welcome, former commissioner of Border Patrol, Mark Morgan. Mark, good to have you on the show. John, I appreciate you having me and taking this time. There's a, a lot of important stuff going on. There sure is. And and um, before we get started, I always like to do this because you have an amazing career in law enforcement. Of course, I grew up in two generations of Irish cop family, but uh, maybe just a little background about your, your role through law enforcement, how you rose all the way to the top of CPB, not once, but twice. Uh, I think it'd be fun yeah. for people to hear, hear just a little bit of your background. Well, I think, you know, I've got, uh, I'm, I'm old, so I've got over 35 years wow. of uh, governmental service to this country, both in the United States Marine Corps. And uh, right. and, and before I, I went back to federal law enforcement, I was actually uh, a, a reserve deputy sheriff in Platte County, Missouri. I was a cop for the Los Angeles Police Department. Right. I did 20 years in the FBI. And then, uh, and then, as you said, I was the chief of the Border Patrol. And then just recently, I was the commissioner of Customs and Border Protection. So uh, it's, been a, it's been an interesting ride for sure. Oh man, an amazing service. We and uh, we thank you for that because uh, you you really have so much experience. And I think when people looked at uh, the way you carried out the immigration reforms, the border, uh, the border wall, they, they saw the value of your experience. I mean, you you have that street cop experience, you have that administrative experience, and in the two years that you ran CPB, you really made enormous changes. And when you look back now, uh, what was the you know what what's the net effect of all of the Trump immigration changes? How much more secure was our border and was our country as a result of those changes? Well, John, and that's a question. And look, and, you know, I, I get frustrated because my response is, you know, a lot of people will, will try to t- twist it around and say it's political and it right. could be further from the truth. As a career law enforcement, I stick to facts, data, analysis. And if you look at the facts, data, and analysis, you can draw no other conclusion. But under four years under the Trump administration, our borders are absolutely more secure than they were. Our country's more secure than it was four years ago. And the men and women on the front line protecting this great nation have the tools and resources and support to do their job effectively and safely greater than any other time before. That's a fact, and the data will back that up. Yeah, there, there really is remarkable data. And we saw in the last year a precipitous drop in illegal immigration attempts and, and trafficking and other things. Uh, and so it isn't just a political issue of how should we treat illegal and, and legal immigrants. It's really a safety and security issue first. And that often seems to take a second seat when when television, mainstream media are evaluating this. But we saw a, you know, a, a remarkable change in the, in the security of the country because of the changes of the wall and the enforcement that you did. Are you seeing those trend lines changing already? Is there anything you see in the data? Because you study data you know, regularly. Any trend lines that we should be worried about with the changes in policy that we're seeing? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. John, that, that's exactly right. My answer is all of them. Look, if you look, and we always talk about the wall, if, if you talk to the experts, the Border Patrol agents on the front line, no one has ever said that the wall in of itself, for example, is the end-all, the be-all. Right. But the wall system is, is part of that multi-layer strategy of infrastructure, technology, and personnel. Everywhere where that multi-layer strategy is, is uh, implemented, every single measure of success goes up. It improves. Whether that's drugs coming across, whether that's you know uh, criminals coming across, uh, illegal immigrants coming across, assaults on federal agents. I can keep going and on and on and on. Yeah. Every single measure of success. And, and what Biden has done within the first two weeks, he has systematically already taken all that away. Give you two other quick stats that are very important for your listeners. By, by February of 2020, because of the network of policies that this president gave us, as, as Congress failed to do anything, right. failed to pass meaningful legislation, we, we saw a drop. In, in the illegal migration by 75%. That's unbelievable. The, the, the families, it is. The, the families coming from the Northern Triangle countries had all but trickled away because of what the, uh, uh, President Trump uh, uh, provided us. It, it, in, in 2019, CBP and ICE combined, because of the loopholes and, and, and the broken immigration system, we had to release 500,000 illegal immigrants into the country. Unbelievable. 2020, that number, that number for CBP was less than 1,000. So no one can tell me that these policies haven't worked because they have. And, you know, when you look at the polling, Americans, a strong majority of Americans want a strong border. They, they want people to be here, but they want them to be here legally. And they don't want the criminality and other things that come in when you have an open or porous border like like we had before before 2017. Um why, what do you think is the net effect? And let's start with the men and women. They're so amazing, the, the CPP officers on the front line. I've had the pleasure to go down to the border a few times, and you can't find more dedicated, amazing people. You know, they jump in rivers to save people, even if they're illegal immigrants that may be violating law. Right. They rescue people all the time. They do these things. What is the net effect on the front line personnel? Are you hearing from, from, from some of your former uh, staff? I, I am. They're, they're, they're already uh, becoming demoralized. They're like, here we go again. We've been down this road before. And who gets put in the middle of this? Un, un, unwanting. It, it's going to be the men and women of CBP on the front lines, John. Look, we have no doubt. So right now, I just got data that the daily average uh, uh, two days ago was 3,500. 3,500 wow. individuals trying to illegally enter our border in a single day. Those are crisis level numbers, right. and and because Biden is systematically taking away our authority to effectively deal with that, and what he's doing is causing more uh, uh, people to come here illegally. We see it's it's coming. The only thing keeping it at bay right now is Title Forty Two, the CDC order that allows us to, to uh, CBP to apprehend and, and process quickly COVID, and return right? to Mexico. Yeah. Right. Once that goes away, John, that thirty five hundred becomes a crisis. The next day, it will be catastrophic. Our system will be overwhelmed. Our facilities will be uh, maxed out. And who's going to be in the middle of that? Border Patrol. Who's going to be on on the end of everybody blaming them and coming after them? It's going to be United States Border Patrol and CBP as uh, as a whole. And it's absolutely unconscionable. It's it's absolutely preventable. And look, people keep asking me why. What? Why? Why would the Biden administration do that? And after 35 years of serving this country, 30 of it in law enforcement, John, the only conclusion that I can draw is this is about power and politics over public safety. There is nothing else that makes sense. 
Yeah, and I'm, I'm hearing that from so many on the front lines. And, um, you know, I hear behind, immediately behind the lines, the local police departments, which have had a, a yep. nice uh, relief from uh, criminals being exported across our border constantly and, and, or imported across our border, um, that, that, you know, for them, it's been easier to get a grasp on people and get them out of the country, particularly people who have done heinous, heinous crimes in the past. And uh, CPB yep. was just rounding them up and getting them out and getting them prosecuted. And that was a, a really significant thing. The, the, the second line of defense, the local police department, the state police, they are just as worried that this is going to become a, uh, a travesty and, and a public safety, you know, uh, travesty. Is there any wheels in uh, the courts? I mean, you, you've got great uh, experience in law as well. Uh, are there any measures in the courts? Is there anything that uh, Americans or those who oppose these changes can do in the short term or long term to try to reverse them? Absolutely, I'm looking now that, that I'm, I'm the former commissioner of CBP. <laughs> I have a little bit more latitude, huh? and I can right. And so now I can say, hey, elections matter. 2022 matters. Uh, it also matters getting to your local, your state legislator, your governor, your AG. You know, look, uh, AG Packin from from Texas stepped yep. up and did a great job. He sure has. Right, President Biden, you know, you know, uh, uh, stay on deportation, and the court ruled in his favor and said no. He said exactly what I said from day one that that was that was unconstitutional, unlawful in space, and he got a nationwide injunction on that. So this can be done. Uh, I'll give you another example. Title 42. A lower court said, "Hey, look, uh, Title 42. You cannot apply that to unaccompanied minors." Right? Went back and the circuit court. We won, and they reversed that and said, "No, you can't." But here's the problem. Even though on that case, we, we won and said, nope, DHS, you can start yeah, implementing Title 42 to include buyers in the middle of a global pandemic. DHS, John, has yet to implement that. That's unbelievable. They're still dragging their feet. Yeah. It's and, unbelievable. And that's they months ago, right? That really that. was months ago, wasn't it? Well, it was months ago that Bartis had just came uh, down uh, about a week ago saying, no, you can once again start applying Title 42 to, right. uh, to, to unaccompanied minors. And DHS has sat on it. They've failed to do it. We're still letting in the middle of a global pandemic, even though we have the authority, the courts say we could do it. DHS right now under the Biden administration is not doing it. Wow. Uh, that's uh, that's going to have uh, huge consequences down the road. It- it does, it, you know, from a legality perspective, because the plaintiffs, the open border advocates, could say, "Hey, look, DHS, you, you have the authority to use Title 42 in the middle of a global pandemic uh, when it comes to unaccompanied minors, but you chose not to. So, if it's not an issue for the minors, then why is it an issue for adults? They're actually handing them more fuel to go and challenge Title 42. The minute, John, that we lose Title 42, yeah. that 3,500, because they, they've already gotten rid of the migrant protection protocol. Right. So that that's that's what ended catch and release. Mm. So right now, the, the last finger in the dice is Title 42. Once that goes away, that 3,500, again, because it becomes a catastrophic crisis uh, the very next day. And one last thing real quick. People are asking me, well, you know, what do you think is going to happen, you know, because of what Biden is doing? And my answer is, it's already happened. Yeah. The crisis has already begun. 3,500 a day, 300 UACs a day. We are already in the crisis right now. And uh, resource-wise, once we're in the crisis, we've seen this in past times. Once you get overrun, there is no resource you can throw at to solve it, right? Because it's it becomes uh, larger than than any one resource can can deal with. 
what will be the uh, the, the downstream effect? Will uh, interior enforcement also decline quickly? I mean, obviously, that was another big victory for the Trump yeah. administration, not only secure the border, but start ex- extracting from America those illegal immigrants who are criminals and, and causing trouble and getting them out of the yep. country. Are you seeing changes there as well? A- absolutely. John, this is another key point for your listeners. So, so we remember under the Obama, then Vice President Biden administration, they had restricted ICE's enforcement action considerably. They did. Now, under, under, under the Biden – so Trump took all that away, gave, gave uh, ICE back their statutory lawful uh, uh, authorities under the INA, under the Immigration Nationality Act that, that gives them the authorities to do what they do. President Trump gave them back their enforcement authorities, and it worked. It impacted the flow. Now, under the Biden administration – he has not only gone back to the uh, uh, Obama uh, era um, restrictions, he's actually made them more restrictive. So now ICE, he's basically, look, they know politically they can't get rid of ICE, but he's basically systematically taken all their enforcement authorities away. So when he signed an EO and says, oh, I'm not making law, that's actually a lie in my opinion. Yeah, he is right. making law but by, by, by taking all their lawful enforcement authorities away from them. So right now, the ICE, unless you're, unless you're a known terrorist or a key convicted aggravated felon, I can't do anything. So if you're here illegally, you're a gang member, nope, can't do anything. Worksite enforcement, nope, can't do anything. If you're here illegally, commit another crime, but it's not an aggravated felon, nope, can't do anything. That, that's insane, John. That, that's, that's crazy. So, so not only uh, – so, so we've gone back to if we, if, if we apprehend you, we're going to release you into the United States. We're going to protect you from lawful deportation. And once you remain here illegally, we're going to reward you through expansion of DACA, amnesty, and free health care. Who yep. wouldn't come under those circumstances? It's a heck of an invite. It's like winning the lottery. And um, it is. Yeah, no, that's the that's the part that um, really exposes the political partisan motivations of these policies. The it does. is there a case that you're watching or that you'd like to see that eventually reaches the Supreme Court that tries to level a set this that you know where the Supreme Court can come in and say the president's powers are limited to this or or Congress has to do X before the president could do this. Do you see any case that's working up beyond and the states obviously are, are defending their own state lines and and of course the national injunction was a big right. win for Ken Paxton, but is there one case where the, the the limits of the power could get to the Supreme Court where, you know, there's a pretty pretty strong conservative majority right now? So look, I, 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 there, there's there's several out there, and, and I know a lot of people will say, "Hey, that that shouldn't be the focus." But but I would disagree because it's not only substantive but symbolic. But the wall, for example, right? So so those cases, but already hearing that that they've already petitioned the Biden and said, "Nope, we want to back out. We're, back done. Out. We're not building the wall, so we we don't we, we want to take that out of the Supreme Court." Um, and so so right now, the one of the major ones that I see is you know what 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 AG Paxton has has done. But again, that that. The deportations is only one element, you know, uh, unfortunately, because Congress has failed to do their job, both under Democratic and Republican, you know, administration. That's a big point. Right? Remember, yep. right? Remember the first two years of, of President Trump? He had a Republican he had, Congress. You know, yep. He did. And they failed to get meaningful legislation passed. So so a lot of, of the policies and authorities we had came from executive orders. And with a stroke of a pen. Biden was able to undo him. Yeah. And, you know, look, I, I, I said with a stroke of a pen, with the two hours taken over office, he made our borders less secure, our country less safe, as endangered the men and women on the front lines of our borders protecting our nation. And he's continuing to double down on it. 
again, another key area, even though the executive order said, well, I'm taking a look at MPP, it was misleading, very misleading to the American people because the White House has already directed DHS to tell CDP to stop MPP. Stop it, yep. So MPP is done. It's yeah, done. And again, right. that was the that was the policy that helped us in catch and release. Now that does not exist anymore. Mm. So again, once we lose Title 42, that 3,500 is coming in. And look, at the end of the day, what is that going to be? That means catch and release is full on, back on, because they don't have the capacity. That means we're going to be dropping people off at local bus stations and shelters, just like we did in 2019 for local communities to deal with. It's unbelievable. And don't forget one last point is, and it's already happened because, again, 3,500, we're already having border patrol agents that are pulled off the line to deal with 3,500 a day. Well, what do you think they're not doing now? They're not going after uh, drug smuggling. They're right. not uh, able to effectively go after people that are trying to avoid apprehension, which are uh, criminal aliens. Uh, and so we're right. We're, we're heading right back to where we were in 2019. Mm. Yeah, no, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, really nervous uh, people I talked to on the front lines of law enforcement that see a cataclysmic moment ahead of us and and it's yeah. so preventable i mean that's the that's the the thing and and there there's been no you know when you look at the last couple of years all those statistics went down right all the illegal immigration uh, drug smuggling human smuggling all those things went down but uh there was no negative consequence people who had legitimate cases right. they, they could still get in the country there's still an enormous amount of compassion in this country and um, I wonder how the demagoguery has worked. And I mean, you've seen it and worked on both sides of the you know, two different administrations. But um, there's there's this demagoguery argument that if you if you support a safe border, you're somehow racist or you're somehow yep. unsympathetic. But in fact, the open border, the, the, the people who need sympathy, who need help, still have enormous opportunities to get in the country. The ones who are getting in the country during this period are often, you know, a large number of them are criminal, right? They have criminal intent. That's right. Um, how does that argument yep. get turned around? Does someone turn this around in the near future or is have we lost the, the, the debate in terms of uh, just the common sense facts that, that underlie this debate? It seems like emotion no, trumps I, facts. Yeah, no, I, I, John, I think you just summarized it right. I, I think to some degree we, we, we lost the argument, unfortunately, and, and we need to keep fighting to turn that around. I can't tell you the number of conversations that I've had where I'm talking about, no, no, this is about a wall and order issue. This is about the, the basic tenements, uh, the cornerstone of any civilized society. It's based on laws. This is just about illegal immigration. But, but, but if you're against illegal immigration, then you're right. You're called a racist. Where do you go from there? I get so frustrated. I'm like, no, like you said, the United States, John, is the most generous country it on the is. face of the planet. We swear in more immigrants as U.S. citizens than any other country on the face of the planet. Yeah. So when I tell them, and we do if so proudly. Help, yeah. And we do so I, I, Absolutely. I, I think we all are on board with that. But, but what we're asking is, if you need help, knock on my front door. Don't sneak in my basement window in the back of my house at night, at midnight, and then get mad when I say, wait, that's wrong. You can't do that. That's what we're talking about. And, and, and what we're doing now, under quickly within two weeks under the Biden administration, we, we're, we're actually seeing a, a, a new era being ushered in where, where actually the United States government is becoming an active participant in encouraging, incentivizing, and facilitating illegal uh, migration. I, this is un, unbelievable. Yeah. I, I mean, again, it, it, this is this is the 
not an immigration strategy. These are open border strategies. And look, look talk to the migrants themselves. You know, the, the one went viral. He said, hey, Biden has given us 100 days to get to the border. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that sums it up right there. And yeah, there's no doubt that those who are trying to come across the border now got the message. And, and I think that that's a... They did. It was an open invite. It wasn't, you know, a subtle change. It was an open invite. And um, yeah. I've heard from several uh, officers on the front line and also a couple of in local police departments down in Texas who, you know, uh, the early entrance or attempted entrance have said, well, you guys wanted us here, didn't you? Isn't that what Joe Biden just said? And so it's um, it's pretty remarkable to to, well, to hear well, that. Well, I, Judge, I, and you're absolutely right. So here's another thing that's coming. Think about this. So, so we, uh, uh, and this is just a fact, under President Trump, our relationship with the government of Mexico and Central American countries on the immigration issue, it's unprecedented. Yeah. It's stronger than it's ever, ever been, been in the history, ever been. The agreements, the cooperation, the really working together and seeing this as a regional crisis and that, that, that illegal migration impacts all countries, really in the Western Hemisphere. Unprecedented. But think about this right now. So, so, and, and they're still doing it. The caravan, recent caravans coming up. Guatemala stepped up. Governor of Mexico stepped up and disbanded those. But at some point, think about it. What's, what's driving the caravans? What's driving this in, a significant spike increase in the illegal immigration? The Biden administration. Yeah. It's his open border policy. It's his actually encouraging, incentivizing, and facilitating illegal migration. At some point, if you're Mexico and Central American countries, you're going to be like, wait a minute. I, I'm doing everything we're supposed to be doing. But, but the United States, it's your open border policies that's driving that. At some point, you got to think they're going to tap out and say, hey, look, here, we'll just put up signs and tell them to take this road right to the U.S. border yep. because it's your policies that's driving it. Yeah, that's that's the thing. And, and you know, I, it took me a long time to appreciate this, but it was maybe about 10, 12 years ago I was I got a chance to interview uh, President Vicente Fox. Uh, and uh, he's probably considered liberal by today's standards. But at the time, he said, one of the things that Americans don't understand, you worry about the impact once the, uh, the illegal migrants cross into your country. But as they're coming through my country, they're creating enormous destruction, too. They bring they bring crime with them. They don't they don't take a break on crime when they're in Mexico before they go to the United States. So he had a lot of concerns that Americans don't even understand that the country's uh, near the border. Also, you know, Mexico and other other places where where these caravans or illegal uh, uh, runners come through, they're they're experiencing crime and disease and problems, and they don't want it either. They got enough problems; they don't want to deal with it. So, it really sure. is a regional um, uh, thing. I, I never realized the the the, the consequence of that until I, I talked to, to to him and interviewed him in Washington, and he he really made clear: you're not the only country that pays a dear price when illegal immigrants come rushing towards your border. Um, that, that's that, that's absolutely right. Look, right now we're seeing a spike uh, on the Mexico side right now right. in violence. And I'm like, shocker. We, we knew it. We anticipated it. Think about this. That's right. The, the cartels and the human smuggling organization, they're back in business. They are. President Trump had, had taken that business away. They're back in business now with illegal migration. So, of course, now they're fighting over the routes and territories because nothing comes across that Mexican-U.S. border without the cartels uh, allowing it and controlling it and getting paid for it. So now when it comes to illegal immigration, that tap is back on. They're back in business. So, of course, now you're seeing increased violence in Mexico because of the illegal migration that's being caused by the Biden's open border policy. It's outrageous. It's irresponsible. It's dangerous. It doesn't make sense. 
Yeah, it doesn't. And I think at some point our, our allies are going to, as you say, throw their hands up. But that's um, that's not the surrender only makes the situation worse. It's going to be a, a difficult few months when you look out uh, and, you know, being freed now from from being in the, in the government agent itself. Are there any allies in Congress or any people that um, are trying to make a difference, trying to get a debate going in Congress, trying to get something done? Yeah. Um, who, who do you look at and say, you know, maybe they could finally get Congress to do its job? Look, I, I can rattle, you know, Senator Lindsey Graham, Senator Ron Johnson, yeah. Representative Chip Roy, Senator Ted Cruz, uh, uh, Representative Jordan. Uh, you know, I, I could go on. There, there is a lot of folks uh, that, that, that really, really get it. And there, there's more than that I rattle off. But, you know, those, those come to the forefront right. that, that really get it, really understand it. You know, right now. That there is a degree. Look, this is what this only conclusion I can draw. Can uh, you know, kind of throw out there with under the Biden administration right now, especially with the, those that have of the politicals that have joined DHS. There's either a high degree of ignorance, um, you know, just based on a lack of knowledge, right. or the fact of their ideologic hubris, right? That they don't see what's actually happening. They don't see that it's not about when the crisis will, will begin. It's that the crisis has already, already begun. begun. And, 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 once, and once that Title 42, once that finger, Title 42, is pulled from the dike, it's going to fall down, collapse, and it's going to be catastrophic. And at some point, we're going to get on the other side of COVID, and, and it's going to happen. So I keep saying, it, it, one, the crisis has already begun. And two, they're just kicking the, the, the catastrophic part of the crisis down the road. That's it. Yeah, by summer, fall, whenever, whenever we're blessed to finally get the scourge off our hands at the, of COVID, uh, we're, we're probably waiting for another one right. that we're not going to be very happy about. Um, last question before I let you go, because this comes up a lot. The federal government lets the borders go open by by this policy. What can local and state uh, enforcement officials do? Can they arrest and detain and imprison illegal immigrants if they want, or does the federal government have the ability to trump that? Yeah. So no. So so you know, state state officers, local officers can't enforce federal law on their own. Right. Uh, they they have to be deputized. They have to be part of a task force, and that's part of the problem. Now they've got their own laws that they can enforce. And look, Texas, they've already said that they're going to be putting tens of millions of dollars into this and resources into this because, right. because they're already seeing uh, the, the the harm. In fact, that's a key point. The the where the AG Paxton, he you know, part of when he went when he won in court. Part of what they said is, is they acknowledged and agreed that Texas would uh, uh, um, um, be at the, the hands of severe harm because of the, the EO on stopping deportation. Right. So it, it's clear. It, it's clear, and that's that's factual. And so, uh, but but at the end of the day, they are limited to to, to what they can do on their borders. They they, they can enforce state and local enforce state and local crimes. Uh, but not federal unless they're part of a task force. And that's why we have CBP, right? Yeah. No, that's such an important point. And is is there a moment where states will start passing their own immigration law saying, if you don't have a document showing you're lawfully in the United States, you can't enter our borders? Is that the sort of system that we might end up developing in the absence of a federal, you know, with the uh, obliteration of what was a very strong federal system for the last four years? I, I think that's where we're at, John. I, I think there's no choice. I, I think because clearly what, what Biden has also not only said what he what he will do, what he's already doing, what, what the open border advocates that he's listened to and providing counsel say that he needs to do. I mean, they're saying that, that, that he needs to do more than he's doing right now. Right. I mean, they're, 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 they're not happy with the, the, what the changes he made. They want more. Yeah. 
They want more. That's exactly right. So states are going to have to step up and pass their own legislation to be able to address this. The, the problem is it's a resource issue. You know, even even a, a you know state like the great state of Texas, uh, they they don't have the resources. You got to remember. I mean, CBP alone is the largest law enforcement or uh, organization in the United States, sixty-three thousand. Yeah. Um, larger than and, the FBI. Yeah. Almost twice. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and there's a reason for that, because to protect and secure our borders and protect American people, it takes a lot of resources. I mean, just on the southwest border, that's 2000 miles of land border. Um, you know, we, we we could easily CBP could e- easily use another 20,000. So, you know, e- even if you know the states would pass some laws, the issue is, you know, the resources to implement it, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Oh, that is it. That is the, 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 the conundrum for them. But I have a funny feeling that's going to become a movement in some of these border states because their, their systems are going to be overrun and uh, they're going to be not able to turn to the federal government for any relief and, whatsoever. That's right, John. One last thing. I know we got to go. Uh, time is short. But, but one last thing, too. Sure. There's another element though that gets me so frustrated that the Biden administration and the open border advocates, they always talk about we need a humane system. Right. What, what, what they, first of all, I, I, I'm offended by that because I, I believe what we're doing is humane. And, and, and I challenge anybody to say that it's not. What they mean by humane, right? And your listeners need to understand what they mean is no detention. That's what yeah. they mean. Their That's a word for no detention, they, right? It, exactly, because what, what they are saying, the inhumane part of our asylum process is the fact that we want to detain them. And, and facts and data show if you detain them, if you apply consequences to them, we are able to remove them more effectively, those who do not have valid asylum claims. If you, you know, ATD, alternative to detention, it's a lie, it's a misnomer, it's misinformation. Anybody who tells American people that that's effective, it's a lie. It absolutely is not effective. Yeah. If you do not detain somebody, they don't show up for court, or if they do show up for oh, court, yeah, once they get statistics a statistics are overwhelming. Removal, they don't show up. That's yeah. right. That's right. Oh, they really are. So it's that's a free really pass. What they're talking about. Yeah. Once detention's yep. taken pass. away, it's a free pass. Because and then, if you suspend interior enforcement, which is the next logical thing that the Biden administration has already begun to do, um, that's there, there's nothing to be done. You can skip a court hearing and with with impunity. That's exactly right. And they already in the FY21 they reduced uh, ICE's bed space to thirty thousand. And the height of 2019 they had over fifty five thousand. Wow. So again, they're systematically yep. uh, removing uh, uh, all of ICE's enforcement authority and ability to be able to do what they do to remove people here illegally. It's, it's happening right now before our eyes. Wow. It's a scary time. Well, uh, we are so grateful for your service to this country and also for being such a strong, not only advocate for security, but you also help explain it. You know, so much of this debate is hijacked by emotion and partisanship. And yep. you, you're yep. a guy with facts and and, and common sense. And uh, we're, we're so grateful, Mark, for all you've done. And I know how important your voice is going to be over the next four years as well. You bet. Um, any, anytime, John. Anytime you ask, I'll, I'll come on. It's a great honor to have you on. Thank you so much. And we wish you well. You bet. All right, okay. folks. Okay. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year. And then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So 
you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, my head is still spinning. What an interview. Uh, Mark Morgan really knows his stuff. He uh, has lived the border. He's a career law enforcement official. He's not a person involved in politics. He's a person involved in security and law enforcement and law and order. And I think he got a great sense of not only his style and his vision, but his grasp of these very important issues. There is a sea change going on at this border. And I think Mark uh, Morgan and his insights really help us judge individually you can now make up your mind a little bit better after hearing from such an expert so hope you enjoyed that conversation tomorrow we're going to bring on the former solicitor general of the united states the former whitewater independent prosecutor the, a former federal judge one of the great legal minds on uh, all in any spectrum of politics uh, kenneth Starr is here to join us tomorrow ken Starr is you see him on Fox. He's been an important voice on so many of the pressing issues of the last 30 years. And we're going to talk to him about impeachment, constitutionality, cancel culture, all the important things that are on your mind. So be sure to tune in tomorrow with Ken Starr. And again, a special thanks to Mark Morgan for bringing his insights, his knowledge, his data uh, to the border security debate. It's an issue that we're going to cover closely. Uh, here in the United States uh, and, and for the Justin News and uh, globally because other countries are affected by the changes that are ongoing right now, whether it's COVID, uh, immigration, caravans, hu human trafficking, drug cartels, so many complex issues. Whenever you tinker with immigration and border security, uh, there can be much wider fallout than most people appreciate. And I think Mark really made that point today. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with Ken Starr. Until then, may God bless you. May God bless this great country of America. Thank you for listening. And if you need a news fix, be sure to go to justthenews.com and check out all the breaking headlines. 
Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friend who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group. Text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now. 